0: Grab your Bibles. Open up. 1 Corinthians is where you're going to want to be. We're jumping around a little bit, but there's two chapters we're going to reference today uh, that I want you guys to see clearly. How many of you guys were, I was not with you last Sunday? So you were either a high schooler and you're like, who in the world is this freak this morning? Where's Pastor Shadrach? Uh, Or maybe you were junior higher, but you just weren't here. How many of you guys are like, yeah, I wasn't here last Sunday with this guy? I I need to see hands. This will... Hi, this is like, hi, hands, how? Oh. Okay, like a solid half of you guys. That works, that's fine. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of review. We didn't finish last week what we're talking about, and that is that we need to, as believers, come to the point in which we are willing to say something. All right, you can put the PowerPoint up. That we have got to come to the point, as believers, of being willing to say something. Now, it doesn't just mean something generically about a baseball team. Uh, it doesn't mean something generic about the weather. It means to be very, very, very pointed about our faith, to be willing to be used by Jesus, and to speak up. There are a lot of people running around with the lie while we are tiptoeing around with the truth. We're kind of afraid or nervous or shy, and trust me, I'm there too. I still get nervous and shy uh, and a little bit fearful at times And when we are called to be that light. Uh, you guys are right in the back? No? All right, well, we'll just go with no PowerPoint today, all right? You can follow with me, right? Your brains are working, that's all you need. So here's the deal. This morning, what we're talking about, it doesn't mean uh, to stop being a light, to stop loving people, and just to start sharing, but it is an addition to. You get with me? You guys find First Corinthians chapter 1 or 3, whatever, early on in First Corinthians? All right, let's pray, and then we're going to get into it this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, and the promise that if we just put forth your word, it does not return empty. God, the the declaration that it accomplishes what you send it forth for. And so this morning, would it cultivate in our hearts, Lord, maybe the beginning of a new season? Lord, it would challenge us, it would convict us, it would encourage us. And God, that when we begin to share with other people, Lord, it would not only convict them of sin, but lead them to the cross, we pray. In Jesus' name, can we all said, Amen. Amen. All right, cool. Well, this morning we're talking about saying something, all right? That we've got to come to the point of being willing to say something. I think it's amazing. If you read through the Gospels and just kind of generically from a, a faraway perspective, what is happening, you find something very simple happening with the disciples and Jesus. Jesus first off calls them right some of them out of the water and the nets of fishing, others out of their occupation of tax collecting and a variety of different lifestyles, but he begins to call them out and they just simply follow him. And the first place they follow him we see them going is to a wedding and they just hang out. They're eating their cake and enjoying the, the reception just like everybody else and Jesus is off to the side. This is an amazing miracle, but they're just with him. They're literally just enjoying the day. They came along with them to the party and it was a it was a neat setting. From there, they move on, and a couple of chapters later, you find out they're down by the Sea of Galilee. There's a ton of hungry people, and Jesus has moved with compassion. He's not just hey, get rid of them. He's saying, no, we've got to help these people. And so he doesn't quite commission them to be preachers and evangelists and missionaries yet, but he says, hey, instead of just following me and hanging out with me, we're going we're gonna to get your hands dirty here at the Sea of Galilee. Here's some fish. Here's some bread. And he prays. He breaks them, and they begin to go around and begin to multiply. It's amazing. The food just multiplied over and over and over again. And now they're acting, they're doing something for Jesus. They were just with Jesus. Then at the Sea of Galilee, they get to do something with Jesus. And they're they're feeding the 5,000, and a miracle happens. It's amazing. And if you keep reading, it's not too much longer after that, that now they're not just doing things with Jesus, but he begins to commission them and send them out. And he tells them, go preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He declares to them and says, He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's a natural progression in our lives. If you'd say, I am a Christian today, let me tell you what you're truly declaring. It's not just a membership to an organization. It's not just that you belong to this church. Uh, Look, if if it was just like, oh, I associate myself with a group of people, that's what the Boy Scouts do, that's what surf clubs are all about, that's what soccer teams are, you are associating yourself with another group of people. When you say, I am a Christian, it's not just an association, it is a declaration that I am going to bow my knee and confess with my tongue to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that he is the decision maker and owner of my life. It's a big statement. It's given freely. You cannot... Follow Jesus, but by faith. Is it a free gift? You don't have to earn it. You can't deserve it. In fact, while you were still dead in your trespasses and sins, Christ died for us, right? It's amazing. It's simple to receive, but the declaration is huge that I am bowing my knee to the lordship of Jesus. I do what he wants me to do. I no longer live for myself. Meaning, uh, an example, maybe sister takes your stuff or your brother's making you mad and all you want to do is just deck him, right? And you're going to get him back. This one's going to be good. You're going to kick him. And this time, right before you do, the Lord says, uh-uh, uh -uh." but they're my enemy. Love your enemy. It's like, ah, dang it. You could do it. You could even maybe even justify it. They hit me first. But God says, don't go there. Love your enemy. To to submit to the Lordship of Christ means you're going to follow his will over your own every single day. Or maybe it's like, man, I got straight A's, I just want to stay out late on Friday one time, this is not fair, mom won't let me, and in the middle, right when you're about to tell your mom how dumb she is, God says, honor your mom, honor your father and mother, and you're like, when we confess, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I have submitted myself to the lordship of Jesus Christ, he is the decision maker and master of Of who I am, and he says, You are required. It is non optional. You are required to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All the world. Your school is part of all the world. McDonald's is part of all the world. The skate park, guess what? On earth, part of the world. The football field, Everywhere you go is on earth. And so that doesn't mean you have to become a missionary. This means that you are always on the clock. You're always a believer in Jesus. So you're always uh, in, in preparation or readiness to share, to preach the gospel. Do you guys ever do something and fail? I've done things and fail. I'll tell you right now. Uh, some of you guys maybe went out for the football team. Maybe some of you guys are on the football team. Maybe some of you guys want to be on the football team. I remember my freshman year of high school, you go through the summertime, all the practices, and you're doing push-ups, and you're running around, and you're beating yourself up, and then you go through hell week, and you get your helmet and your pads finally. I remember first game came. We had practice after practice after practice, right? You memorize plays and all this stuff, and I remember the game is going by. It's kind of late in the game, third quarter, I think, and they are like, all right, Axe, you're in. I was a wide receiver. They're supposed, I'm supposed to run out there. They're going to throw the ball at me. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to be a hero. We're going to win the game. Well, this is how it went. We get out there, I run out there, and man, oh man, do things change when it's game time, right? We can practice all day long, but game time, things are just different. The lights are different, there's people in the stands, not just the birds flying over, everything looks good, the grass is cut, I remember standing there, and the quarterback's mouth is moving, but I'm not understanding anything he's saying. Here's something like, you know, hey, 32 blast on, go, ready? And and they're all, break! And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what the heck is that? And we've done this a hundred times, probably more. But instead of saying, like, hey, guys, what is that? I just go, and break, go take my position, and it's ready, ready, and whistle blows. We get a penalty flag thrown. What happened? I was off sides. I blew it for the whole team. And guess what happened? I blew it three more times that inning for the whole team. Why? Because in the moment, I was willing but not ready. I was willing but not ready. Sometimes it's okay to fail. Guess what happened fourth quarter? I got to play. And guess what happened? We still won the game. I wasn't the hero. In fact, I didn't do anything right that day. But I got to be on the field. Sometimes God just wants us to be willing. Maybe you think, I'm not ready. Why don't you get out there and try? It's better than sitting on the bench the whole time watching everyone else try. God will say, hey, come on. I might step offsides. I might not know what to say. I might not know uh, how to give people the gospel. I don't have a bunch of Bible memory verses hidden in my heart yet. I don't have. You got something, and God's going to call you off the bench in the next twenty-four hours to say something. I bet you that sometime this week, over the next couple of days, God's going to give you an opportunity to get out on the field and to say something about Jesus and the Bible. I bet you. And guess what? If you go offsides, you mess up a little bit. I didn't die. One thing I know for sure, did I mess up? Yep. Did I die? Nope. In fact, I got to keep playing the game. Sometimes it's okay to mess up. You just got to get out there and go for it. I remember being eight years old, climbing the ladder at the local pool. We call it the plunge. I don't know if you guys still have public pools. Maybe at like Ayala High School, you can go swimming there in the summertime. But they had a high dive, right? I remember climbing up it. I was like seven or eight years old. And you get to the top, and you stand at the end. It's like, woo, woo. Oh my gosh, to me it felt like they drained to the pool. I could see straight to the bottom. This is nuts. And you know what happened? I stood there for a while. There's no way you're backing up and going down, right? I'm not that I'm a coward, but I'm not a sissy. So. And you know what happens? I didn't even jump. I just took a step. You know what happened? I didn't die. It was amazing. I didn't die. I didn't jump. I didn't dive. I didn't cannonball. I didn't even do like a cool pencil dive. I just, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what didn't happen? I didn't die. It was amazing. There are so many people running around with the lie and we're tiptoeing around with the truth of Jesus and life. Guys, it's time to take a little step. Maybe not a huge leap, but we can step out with a little bit of faith knowing that we have the truth And that God, if we have submitted ourselves to the lordship of Jesus, we are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amazing word, preach. Another word used in English is to herald something. A lot of you guys last week meant herald. There's herald, right? What did we find out about herald? It's not necessarily his name. It's his occupation. You can throw the definition up. Interesting. It means to publish or proclaim openly something which has been done. Always with a suggestion of formality, meaning you take it seriously. Gravity and authority, which must be listened to and obeyed. Went for a while. I can't think of anything else. I tried to change it up. This is a little bit of review from last week. But uh, look, here's the deal. You go to a boxing match, modern day heralds, they don't dress like that anymore. But the microphone comes down, right? And they're not like, (coughs) is this thing on? And hello, ladies and gentlemen, would you please take your seats? And we'll be getting started soon. No way, man. That guy walks out there and he grabs that mic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in the red corner at 175 pounds. I mean, dude, he's just going for it. He's got something to say, and whether like it or not, you're going to listen, right? The confidence and the clarity is amazing. In the same way, Paul Revere, right? He rides through America screaming, what's his message? You guys remember what Paul Revere said? The British are coming! The British are coming! He didn't go door to door like, excuse me, are you awake? I don't want to wake you. Okay, next house. Hello. Hello, you're going to die. Okay. What did he do? He tore through those cities. The British are coming! Trying to wake. He didn't care if he startled them. He didn't care if he woke them up. He didn't care if he freaked them out. He cared about getting his message across. When Jesus says you go into all the world and you preach the gospel, it's the same exact word that's used for these two things. Now, this morning, I'm not telling you to get up, go outside, and on tomorrow morning, stand on the table at school and be like, Everybody! Okay? That's not what you should do. (laughs) Not in volume, but with that kind of clarity and confidence, you make known the truth. You don't tiptoe around, Excuse me, I think I, I Jesus, and yeah. That is a weak message that no one will listen to. You don't have to know much. I don't know what to say. You know more than you think you do. And you know a lot more than the guy who knows nothing, right? You know a lot more than the guy that knows absolutely nothing. One more interesting thing about that verse, it says, preach it to every creature. The initial word it does mean you can preach it to the worms, the bees, the birds, the dogs, the cats, the lions, the whatever, but the secondary meaning that fits into this uh, context that we're talking about, it means specifically a class or race of people. This is a serious heart searcher for me when I found it out and for you this morning, that he says, preach it to every class and race of people. God is 100% opposed to racism. Nick, well, I'm not a racist. I would I would tell a Hispanic guy about Jesus, I would tell a white guy about Jesus, I would tell a black guy about Jesus, right? Jesus loves little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, yeah, I did, I got that, no racism, woo! It says class, too. Rich or poor, smart or less intelligent, the athletic jocks or the nerds, as soon as you're, oh, they're too scary, they're all emo and goth out, I, I can't talk to them. And they think they're so cool and better than everybody else. They're all pumped up and they're on the football team. They're, they're jerks. I can't talk to them. And they're, they're all snooty-flooty the, on the ASB club. And, and, and you are a spiritual racist. The moment you begin to push people away because of what they look like or the group of people they hang out with, God hates it. He says you go into all the world and you verbally make known the gospel. To everyone, you have opportunity. Very simple, isn't it funny? There's no, there's no regulations. It's like, so wait, who, who? What kind of people do I share with? All of them. And by all of them, you mean all of them. Yes. Or what if he said only to f- people five feet three inches? You'd be walking around with a measuring stick. No, no, no. Mm. He says no, everybody. Preach it. Preaching is a verbal command. It doesn't mean just to let your light shine. No one ever got saved because you bought them lunch, helped them tie their shoe, gave them a ride home from work. No one. Those good deeds give us opportunity to tell people the truth about Jesus. Those good works give us opportunity to tell people about the gospel, but they themselves, no one will just magically get saved because you bought them a cheeseburger. You buy them a cheeseburger, and then we have to say something. And I hope for you and I, when we say something, it's something worth listening to. Everyone would be a whole lot better off if we spent less time looking down on the world and more time leading them to the cross. The reality is if you say, I'm a Christian, I've surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. He's my master decision maker. Well, then part of our calling We are required. Number one, we are required to say something. Number two, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Imagine you go outside. You guys know you have neighbors, right? Yes? People live to the right and to the left. Oh, that's what those other houses are for. Sometimes I think we forget that we live 20 feet from people. Some of us less. We live our lives in our house and in our car, and that's it. Man, you got neighbors, and you got people on the street. Imagine you go outside and you look over and neighbor Joe's out there and he's talking to someone and you're like, man, I know Joe, but who's that other guy? And uh, you see the, the stranger reach over and put some drops of poison in his water and you're like, oh, he's going to kill him. Joe's going to die. So you take a picture. You send it to people, dude, Joe's going to die. This person just poisoned his water. Oh my gosh. And then Joe reaches over picks up his glass of water, and you're like, <gasps> Joe's dead. Oh my gosh, Joe just died. Why didn't you do something? If you have the opportunity to step in and be like, yeah, but what do you have to do? If you're like, well, I'm not a very good public speaker, and I couldn't go out there and be like, neighbor Joe, the H2O in your glass cup is not fit for liquidation of thy spirit, and so... Come on. You just go over there and knock the thing over. Ha! Ha! Right? Or at least a joke. Don't drink the water. Now, if he reaches over and drinks it, it's not your fault. But you just sit there and watch him do it? I think you're as guilty of murder as the guy who put the poison in the glass in the first place. We have people talking to your neighbors and your friends. And they're poisoning truth every single day. Every day. Let me ask you a question. If you won't go tell your neighbors and your friends about Jesus, who will? If you won't go talk to them, who will? I'll tell you who will. If you don't go talk to people about God, atheists are talking to people about God. They're saying, God doesn't exist. That's stupid. How do you believe in Jesus? That's dumb. If you don't go talk to people, who will? I'll tell you right now, Mormons will. They'll walk around and say, oh yeah, Jesus is awesome. He became a God, but he's not the God. Diluting the truth, adding the poison. Jehovah's Witness, they'll walk around. They'll talk about Jesus. They'll lie about him, but they'll tell him. And they'll put more poison in the water. Muslims, they'll walk around if you won't. They'll tell him, oh, yeah, Jesus, man, he's a great prophet, but he's not the son of God. In fact, God doesn't have a son. That's crazy talk. He's not the Savior. They'll tell him. And it's not that they will, guys, they are. There are people running around with a lie, and we're tiptoeing around with the truth. It's time to learn to say something. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 it says, for whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him? How then shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? They can't call on Jesus if they don't believe in Jesus. That's nuts. And how shall they believe in Jesus of whom they have never heard? You wouldn't call out to someone you've never heard of before. And how shall they hear about Jesus without a preacher? Same word. That doesn't mean evangelist, doesn't mean Bible teacher, doesn't mean missionary, doesn't mean scholar or theologian. It doesn't mean master memorizer of scripture. It means someone who's willing to verbally say clearly with a little bit of confidence what they know to be true. How could they possibly hear without a preacher? And verse 15 says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? This morning truly it's about you, you came in this room one way but when you go out you're not going out, you're being sent out how will they hear unless they are sent this morning I want to challenge you guys and ask you to reevaluate are you tiptoeing around with the truth are you willing to say something for Jesus that they'll hear, give them something that you would take that commission, you go into all the world. That's your neighborhood, that's your skate park, that's your school grounds, that's everything. It's Starbucks if necessary. And be willing to say something about Jesus. And we need to pause for a second. All right? We keep going down this road too far and don't pause. We'll think, oh my gosh, have you guys ever missed an opportunity? I've missed an opportunity. I remember. Uh, sitting, you can be sitting in sushi or getting coffee or you can be at school and someone says, oh man, I don't know why people go to church, that's weird. And you're sitting there and God's like, that's you, beep, 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 beep. that's you, you, just say something, say something, say something, say something, say something, say, 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 say. Uh, uh, Oh, they're gone to I would have, Lord, I just didn't know. And you're arguing in your head the whole time, You we miss opportunities, right? And then you can think, oh my gosh, they're going to hell because I didn't tell them. Well, they very well may be going to hell because you didn't tell them. But trust me, if you didn't do it, God will send someone else or do something else. The weight of responsibility, what are we called to? We cannot save anybody. Jesus is the Savior. We're just the messenger. Bible tells us that he's the author and finisher of our faith, that he laid down his life. He was that perfect price paid on the cross. We just give you the messengers. Isn't that freeing? What if Jesus said, hey, come up with a way to save people. And if it's not creative enough, it's your fault they go to hell. Oh. Hey, find a way to convince people they need Jesus. And if you don't do it right and they reject you, it's your fault they're going to hell. Oh. Jesus says, hey, I did it all and then I wrote about it so you could just tell them the story. You're just a messenger. You're just a messenger. You're the mailman. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, hopefully you guys are there. It can go a lot of different directions, and so we'll see what happens right now, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 5, they're having kind of an argument or debate. People began to rally around the apostle Paul, and, oh, Paul's so awesome, we love Paul. The other guy, Apollos, we love Apollos, man, Apollos is awesome, he disciples us, he loves us, he's amazing, Paul's dumb. It's all about Apollos. You should come to our church. Paul gets up and says, Who in the world do you think we are? He says, Who then is Paul? He says, Who do you think I am? And who is this guy Apollos? But they're just ministers through whom you have believed as the Lord gave to each one. Paul says, yes I came, I gave you what God gave me. It wasn't even mine. I just took what was God's and gave it to you. That's it. And Apollos, he did the same thing. He didn't have anything to give you. He just took what was of God's and he just gave it to you. That's it. Goes on, he says, I planted. Yeah, I was the first one there. I got to lead you to the Lord. So cool. But big deal. So I planted then Apollos watered. He come along and discipled you. He spent time with you and he grew you up in the things of the Lord. I planted, Apollos watered. But it's God who did it all. He gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants, so Paul says, hey, I got there first. Um, This is it. He who plants and he who waters, they're one, they're on the same team. They're on the same team. I don't know how many hockey games you've ever been to, but you know this, fights happen, right? But you never see the goalie and the captain just going at it. You don't fight your own teammates. That's crazy. That's what cancer is when the body's eating up the body. It's wrong. He says, now he who plants and he who waters, they're supposed to be on the same team. They're one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. While we talk about this getting up and saying something, don't ever rally around a person. Do not ever rally around a person. You can appreciate them, love them, but you rally around Jesus. We can be so different. I can love hockey. You can hate hockey. I can love pancakes. You can hate pancakes. We can, I can love the mountains, and you can love the beach, and we can disagree on everything in the world, but if we can center ourselves on Jesus, we can get along just fine. And what was happening is here, it was this whole like, well, my church is better than your church. And, oh, Kevin Chino Hills and Harvest is dumb. And they're like, no, Harvest is better because we have Greg Laurie. And is this is better. Or, or you can be like, oh, high school is better than junior high. Or junior high is like, no, we're better. We have an air hockey table. And you can go back and forth. They're like, we like David and we like Shadrach. And if that becomes your mindset, you have gotten your eyes so far off of Jesus, it's insane. Pastor Jack, Greg Laurie, Shadrach, or David are just people who take what is God's and give it to you. When's the last time you got excited about the mailman? I had the best mailman in the whole world. He's so cool. He's so awesome. He's so funny. Dude, he puts the thing in the, the envelope in our mailbox just right. Dude, no one cares. Why? We just care what they're giving us. When we become, well, my church is better than that church, or junior high is better than high school, or any of that stuff, it's like cancer, the body just eating the body. You worship Jesus. You keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Look at, some of you are plant called to be planters, meaning you're going to be the first one to tell someone about Jesus. Others, waterers, you'll be primarily discipling people and coming alongside, okay, you've heard the gospel, cool, let's talk about it, and you're going to be those waterers. He says, we're on the same team, guys don't ride the bench step out and do something and when you have the opportunity step out and say something we are required right first thing if we say jesus is lord he's the decision maker and the master of my life we are required to say something second thing we have the responsibility to say something don't just watch your neighbor's Get fed a bunch of lies. Don't let your friends walk around without the truth. Third thing, I'm going to camp out here just for a minute. We are ready to say something. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You are ready. If you'd say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. You are ready. What, what makes me ready? Well, let's take a look. It's amazing. What makes you ready? 1 Corinthians, you guys are still there. Just turn the page backwards. Just a, probably one page, chapter 1. Verse 26 through 31. Starting at verse 26. You see your calling, brethren? Look around right now. Look at the person to your left and your right, in front of you, behind you. Now, I'll tell you what. I hope there's nothing mean, but, dude, we're all just a bunch of normal people. No one in here is some crazy, brilliant, multi-million dollar musician or football star like, like th- this is it I, I mean we don't have a lot to brag about right you might be good at some things and others are good at other things and some of you guys get straight a's and others don't or whatever but look around paul says guys look around and they're like yeah a bunch of knuckleheads for you see your calling brethren that not many wise are called according to the flesh not very many mighty not very many noble are called we could look around and say, hey, look, there's probably someone in here that's like 4.2 GPA. You're just a mate. You're brilliant. Dude, you can come, but that's not why God's calling you. So look around. Not many wise. So there's not many strong. You may Maybe you're the quarterback, right? Or maybe you're the all-star. Or maybe there's two or three of you that are just super strong or fast in athletics. Sweet. You can come, but that's not why God's calling Not many noble. Maybe one or two of you. Your dads are presidents of some multi-million dollar company. And and, and that's about it, though. The rest of us, we're normal people. You can come. My dad, you know who my dad is? I know who my dad is. He's better than all of our dads put together. You see your calling, brethren, not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base, meaning the very simple things of the world, and the things which are despised, the outcast, God has chosen them. And the things which are not, People forget about these kinds. God has chosen them to bring to nothing whatever is. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. God says, You foolish? Right? Yeah. Check. I'm not strong enough. God says, Sweet. Check. I don't come from some royal lineage. Check. You're ready. God says, I use the foolish, I use the weak, and I use those who come from nowhere to do incredible things everywhere. It's amazing. I cannot believe God does it. What? You guys realize what you're holding in your lap? Do you realize what God says? God says, I've spoken out of eternity into time, and I had it recorded for you. I'm going to give this to you, and I want you. You are who I want use to tell people all about who i am you get to represent god you get to represent the creator of heaven and earth you are the representative of the savior of the world you're like uh like I, I was drooling on myself when i woke up this morning are you sure you want to use me how says you're ready you're totally ready if someone pulls up to your house and asks for directions, you know how to get to your house from your house, right? It's not that hard. If someone pulls up to your house, like, where's the front door? Right uh, there. Yeah. If someone comes up and, and some other topic of salvation in heaven comes up, and you're going, how do you think you get to heaven? Jesus. How hard is that? Say something. I don't know. It's like a kid playing in the front yard. Someone pulls up says, hey, uh, where do you live? Like, I don't know. You're whole already. You're right right there. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go make a place for you, and I'm going to come back, and I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is it, the way. How do you get there? Jesus, check this out. The reality is the only thing we need is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's it. You're ready. You're foolish enough. You're, you're simple enough, <laughs> I get straight D's, sweet, let's go share the gospel, um, you guys know the greater than, less than sign in math, right? right, greater than, the alligator always eats the bigger one, right, the shark, whatever you were taught in like second grade, uh, you guys know, right, let me ask you a question, one pound of bricks or one pound of feathers, which one weighs more, uh, who said bricks? Someone said bricks. I remember saying bricks. Pound of bricks, pound of feathers, same thing. doesn't matter. We're talking about greater than, less than. I'm not ready. I don't have the Bible memorized. I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a missionary. I'm not a a pastor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a... Hey, I'll tell you right now. I'm with you. I'm with you. We have the Holy Spirit and the Word. What else do you need? If you know, you can throw the next slide up. If you know three Bible verses and someone else knows one, Okay, you know three Bible verses, and someone else knows one. Who knows more? One of you knew who knew more. Who knows more? I don't want you to raise your hand. Just tell me. Preach it. The one on the left. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to help you out. Okay? Everyone over here, say hi. 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 Everyone over here, say hi. Okay. If the answer is, I do, you're going to say, I do, really loud. Deal? If you all know one Bible verse, and all of you guys know three Bible verses, who knows more Bible verses? I do. Ooh, that was a close one. Thank thank God he only calls the foolish and the simple and the weak, right? Okay. (laughs) Now, let's go one more. Let's say they know nothing. They've never heard the truth. And all you know is one verse. John 3, 16, your grandma taught you five years ago. Who knows more? Okay, these guys do. (laughs) Guys, you're ready. Most of the world knows nothing of the actual truth. If you know two or three Bible verses, one or two things about God, you're ready, especially if you are saved. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you through all of it. What if I don't know what to say? Say what you know, and that's enough. Testify to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. You don't have to make it all elaborate and spin it to be cool or funny or attractive. Just give him what it is. The Holy Spirit and the Word. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. Not your power. Meaning God's going to do something through you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God says, I'll give you strength. I call the weak because I make the weak strong. I call those who are not that brilliant because I put my word in them so that they know exactly what to say. It's not clouded out by everything else. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you for what? To be my witnesses. You know what a witness is, right? Standing on a corner, you see a guy on a bike go by and a car hits him. Boom. You're a witness. Police officer comes over and says, hey, what happened? I didn't see most of it. I was eating my donut, but a bike went by and a car hit him. Okay, what, what are their names? I don't know. What color was the car? I don't remember. What's the name of the street you were on? Yeah, I don't know. What happened? A car went by. And then a bike pulled out and the car hit him. That's all you know? Yes. Hey, thanks. That's actually a great help. Someone says, hey, uh, what do you think of heaven? Don't be like, I don't know. He's like, hey, I know who made it. God made it. You want to go? I know Jesus is the way. What else do you know? I don't know. Maybe that's it. But maybe you can be like Paul and say, hey, I planted. I got to tell them their first truth. And God will send in Apollos into their life to water it and to come alongside. But God will fill you up with His Word and the Holy Spirit to be His witnesses. Tell them what you know. I remember my testimony started off. I remember I went to a church that I'd never been to before, but the person I didn't know and a message I barely heard. I don't remember what was said. I don't remember who said it. I don't. I couldn't get back to the church I got saved in. But I remember this. I got saved. What happened? The guy said something about the Lord, and I knew it was my time, so I went forward and I got saved. It was awesome. What else happened? I don't remember. But it's enough. Say something. We don't have to tiptoe around with the truth while other people are running around with the lie. Romans chapter one, verse sixteen says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile. I'll give you this. Not everyone's called to be a missionary, right? There's probably, I bet you, there could be one or two, maybe three in here. God wants to send you out. Maybe it's, you know, China or it's Brazil or it's Antarctica or I don't know. Wherever God wants, Canada, wherever God wants to send you. I don't know. But not everyone in here is called to be a missionary. But everyone is called to be a witness. Everyone is called to be a witness. That says, I will fill you up with my spirit, I will give you the power and the strength, and I will give you my word to proclaim. First Peter 3:15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What does that look like? What happened? What does that look like? Be ready to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. This is the challenge. We're required to, we have the responsibility to, and the good news is you're ready. You're ready to be a witness. You're ready to say something. And so this week, you're a witness. How will they hear unless you are sent? You're being sent out today to say something. So when someone makes a comment at lunch, you're out in the quad at school uh, or you're at Starbucks or you're, I I don't care where you And someone makes a comment or someone says something or a discussion erupts in a classroom that you don't sit there silent, but you say something. Just say what you know. I don't know enough. You know enough. And you'll be surprised. You open your mouth for the Lord. You'll be surprised what starts coming out. Memory verses you didn't even know existed. Parts of Bible you, you haven't heard in years start coming out. How does that happen? It's God working through you. It's amazing. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and gentleness and fear. You know the way. Last verse I want you guys to see is John chapter 14. Flip your Bibles. John chapter 14. Kind of cool. The disciples, they didn't think they knew. Isn't it funny? How long were the disciples with Jesus? Do you guys know? A little over three years a little over three years they're walking around and they get to the very end and Jesus tells them you guys you know the way and they're like no we don't they thought they they, they didn't know how do we how do we get there we don't know what, what are you talking about they begin to argue with them and tell them, Jesus um I know we've been with you for a long time but we don't know the way Jesus says, "Guys, you know you know the way you know the way John 14, starting in the very beginning, says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. In the same way, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you'll be also. And where I go, you know it. And the way, you know it. And then just like every one of us, Thomas stands up and says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how could we possibly know the way? We don't know. Didn't Jesus just say, you know. You know where heaven is, and you know how to get there. And he says, I don't know. Jesus had said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You memorize John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. I'm gonna give you three portions. You don't even memorize them. You read these things like ten times, you'll have them memorized. You read John fourteen, six, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. You memorize John chapter three, verse sixteen. Some of you guys are already done with this one. That Jesus Christ, He's it. God so loved the world he gave his only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And you memorize Ephesians, the first nine verses, or just read it ten times, I bet you you memorize 80% of it just by reading it a bunch of times. You know the entire gospel message. The whole thing. We're required to say something. There's that progression. Be with Jesus, and then you begin to serve with Jesus, but then you got to begin to say something. Preach the gospel in all the earth to all the people. So this morning, I want to ask you guys, challenge you guys, not to commit to coming up with 10 really exciting, extravagant ways to put on an outreach. I'm not asking you guys to come up with five popular bands that could tell people about Jesus. I'm not asking you to save up enough money to buy a plane ticket to fly over the ocean to Africa. I'm asking you, would you just be willing to say, Lord, any opportunity you give me, I will take. If someone asks me a question, I will answer it as best I can. If I go to school tomorrow and something comes up and I know I I could say something, I I will say it. Let God plan out your day. But would you commit to the calling that Christ will put on your life? That if tomorrow in the car, your brother says something, talk to him. That if your neighbor's outside when you get home, and God impresses in your heart, you go talk to him. Would you commit to that? See what God does. I don't think God is as interested as us flying over the missions field as he is about us living in. I'm not a missionary. No, you're not. Not yet, maybe but you are a witness, empowered by the Holy Spirit and equipped with the word of God. All right, let's pray. Lord, this morning, we confess we've missed opportunities. Lord, we've been too afraid to step out sometimes and we feel like we're unequipped, we don't know what to say and we just for- we forget. Lord, the simplicity of the gospel. We have sinned and fallen short. God that you died for our sins taking our place in the punishment we deserve that if we would confess you as Lord and believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead we would be saved Lord those this morning that are saying you know what I'll commit I'll commit Lord it's scary it's easier to plan an outreach I think it's in our timing it's in our way it's according to our plans. The Lord to surrender and say, tomorrow, Lord, you interrupt me. Lord, tomorrow, you, you send someone my way if you want. I'll say something. But God, those that this morning would make that decision, ask now that you, you would give them incredible boldness, courage, Lord, comfort, and then when they step out, Lord, they would be amazed. Like Peter, what was Peter's face like when he first stepped on the water and didn't sink? Amazing. God, fill them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.